0: hey welcome back to another episode of this is my story where we look to connect the gospel the good news of jesus to our stories remember your story matters more than you know today i'm joined by my good friend bobby Joyner. love this man he's been a part of the winter jam tour he's got a prison ministry and a book out more than anything he knows what it's like to open up about your life to be real to be vulnerable I want to thank our sponsors christian healthcare ministries and word of life bible camps and ministry there's a link below in the descriptions And hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Bobby today.
1: Having a daughter, you know, it's like I want the best for my daughter. And it's okay if the son-in-law tells me all the stuff that God has shown him and cleared up in his life. Because every one of us are sinners. And that's saved by the grace of God. And I just want people to be honest
0: with me. Mm. Yeah, whether they messed up or not. Yep, exactly. And
1: not whether, because we all have messed up. We all have messed up that's why
0: Jesus died it's hard though because we live in a world of people saying how you doing I'm fine I'm fine you know and but we're hot we hide you know we don't and it's I mean it's hard it's hard to open up and be vulnerable feel like you could be judged and and, yeah I
1: think until people really investigate and find out who God is and the eyes of God the way he looks at us he already before we were born knew every one of our worst sins and said, but I still choose to love you and forgive you. Will you receive that? Finally it hit me, (laughs) yes sir, you got it. When was that? 12 years old. I was 12 years old and you know, Kevin, I probably, the worst things I had done at that time in my mind was look at Playboy magazine, steal a piece of bubble gum at the uh, Palmar Pharmacy. But I knew that I was scared of the dark, scared of death, and if heaven and hell were real, I knew I would not go to the to heaven. And so I was running from death, from the fear of death and ran into life. One night at a Billy Graham. Really? Age, when I was 12 years old, he, Billy didn't come, but little Albany, Georgia, where I grew up, uh, John Haggai was the speaker. And Kevin, I was, uh, we lived three blocks from the, the Coliseum and my mother and daddy had a rule, do not leave this, yard after the street lights go on well the street lights had gone on the music began to play and i was out there shooting basketball and little did i know that it was the holy spirit drawing me over that night to some music to to hear a message that i had never heard and that was that god still loved me but i didn't go over there to get saved or i I didn't know anything about that i thought i already was saved because i was going to church okay yeah. And that night, now that I look back, the Holy Spirit made me. I hid my basketball, ran out of the back gate, snuck over to the stadium. Knew, you know, I knew that if they charged money, I, would, I had no money. When I got to the stadium, was. I went to the second gate because the, the, all the authorities were on the first gate. Man, snuck sneaking into the, in the church. Sneaking in. I <laughs> snuck into heaven.
0: <laughs> hey, you.
1: I actually went and... I saw nobody was on the gate, and I saw an empty seat about eight rows down. I could still take you to the place I sat down. Wow. And I, so I looked around, ran down and sat down like I'd been there, you know, like about 30 minutes. About the time I sat down, they quit singing. And I, I, I didn't come over there to hear preaching. I came over there to hear the music. Yeah, hear some music. I love music, and I love the harmony. I love, but little did I know again, God was drawing me, and when John Haggai, who is still, he's still alive, he's in his nineties. Um, I'd love to meet him one day and tell him what he did for an old sinner in 1959, June of 59. I got, when the, when the singing stopped, I got ready to leave and the Holy Spirit arrested me. I could not move and John Haggai walked out with a Bible. Now he didn't look like the Southern Baptist preacher. He, sharp looking guy, black, he looked like Elvis Presley. Had his hair swept back, had a Bible in his hand, I was going, Wow, this guy's cool. <laughs> and he came. I said, "Anybody want to go to heaven?" And I thought, "Well, <laughs> me." And from that moment, for the next thirty minutes, it was like it was about five thousand people in the crowd. I thought he was just talking to me. I did. I, I, I zoned
0: out. It was just yeah. like, wow. He began to speak to me that yeah. night, Kevin. Personal. Personal. To- totally you. Not religion. Like no one else is there.
1: It, exactly. In fact, I didn't know for years how many people were there. And I give this testimony many times when I would speak. And one night I spoke, and a man at my same age was there in the crowd. I went forward that night, and he told me I went out. He said, that night at Mills Memorial Stadium in Albany, Georgia, I went out. And he came that 30-something years later. I met him at the church I was speaking at, and he got saved and got baptized the next day. Whoa. That's yep. a cool story yep it's not about a religion it's about a relationship and for the first time at 12 years old I really saw that night somehow the Holy Spirit made God's word clear that the God of this universe was a person that saved died for me and all I had to do was by faith receive what he'd done not what because I knew Kevin as much as I'd, I knew I'd done some bad things I figured if you done had done a few things bad that was it for you well I found out, no, Jesus Christ, the moment you receive him, you receive his total righteousness. Like Christy this morning was in church was talking about it here at the ski tournament. When we receive Christ, we receive many things, but one of the things is total righteousness. The moment you by faith receive him, you are clothed in his righteousness. And when he looks at you and I, from the time I was saved on, even though I did some pretty rough stuff after then, he just saw my righteousness that I had received through Christ. Mm. And I had never been, I just, I had been taught that you, you've received Christ, you've got to hold on. you've still got to be good. I didn't realize his unconditional love was eternal and unconditional. No. And you and I don't know, in this world, there's nothing that loves you eternally and unconditionally no. except God. And when Christ came down here and he said what he did, um, it is just like, oh man, that's hard to swallow. I came up in a legalistic background where if you good deeds, I'd wage, your bad deeds, you went to heaven. Well, who knows how that pendulum swings. And so I, I didn't realize that my father in heaven did not want, ever want me wondering, is he my He's my father today, but he's not my father tomorrow. I didn't realize as once I received him, he is my father forever. He wants me to always know that. But and then he wants fellowship. That's relationship. Fellowship has to do with us listening, learning His Word, going out and obeying, loving people. He blesses that, but because He loves us, He also disciplines His children. Yeah, and nobody likes that. No, no. And I didn't realize that the heartaches and headaches I went through from the time I was saved till my wife, many years later, got me into a daily Bible study, quiet time with the Lord. I thought sometimes I was saved sometimes i wasn't yeah
0: roller coaster roller coaster how many and people live like that you know we, it's roller coaster faith where it's like oh, i made a, I made such a mistake or i just haven't been reading my bible or i just you know compared to that person you know i'm not i'm not a good christian and it's just they it just miss out because i think they believe a lot we, we we all guilty of this we believe we, these lies well, that, you know
1: like zach williams new song about fear is a liar yeah it is that. it is a liar And God doesn't, I've got two daughters and I never, even though I've never always approved of what they, they've been great, but when they disobeyed me, I still loved them, but I had to discipline them. I didn't realize that my heavenly father, our heavenly father, his love never ceases. The relationship, I'm still his son, he's still my father. You cannot break that relationship. But what you can break with sin, and particularly habitual sin, is fellowship.
0: Yeah. Which describes fellowship, because it you know churchy word, but it's a big word. It, and fe- it it fellowship is a lot.
1: You know, way I tell people, God, I finally realized that God is a fellow. I, and, I, and I've had a thirty-plus year prison ministry, and I, this is what I would do to the prisons. I say, okay, y'all, God is a fellow. He's a real person. He's God. We're fellows. He created us. We came out from this fellow. This fellow, fellows won't fellowship. But until you have a relationship, I am father, your son, okay, now, okay, that can never be broken. But what can be broken is fellowship. And when this fellow chooses to go this way, and the loving father, he says, I'm going to love you, but I'm going to orchestrate events in your life. Hopefully, it will cause you to stop, turn, repent, means turn back to God, and come back and let's enjoy fellowship again.
0: Yeah. You know what? I think about fellowship, I I agree. I love that picture, you know, where... We're in a relationship, but we just don't fellowship. What we're looking for is the fellowship, but we left the one who gives it. And we, we, we go out into the world, and we think the one who created the world isn't the one we need the fellowship <laughs> with, but we need all that he's created. So we find it in relationships. We find it in money, jobs, right. you know, identity and things. And then eventually it's like the prodigal son, you know, who in the Bible goes out and says, I'm going to take my inheritance. I'm going to go, I'm going to find fellowship. I'm going to find all that the world has to offer, you know, knowing that he left his actual fellowship in pursuit of fellowship. And then he goes and squanders it all, right, in the story. And as you know the story, the Lord in his depravity and his brokenness and his emptiness without any fellowship, you know, minus what he was saying to the pigs, you know, in in the hog moths there. You know he probably went insane but the holy spirit gave him the conviction the sorrow over his mistakes and his sin and led him back home and uh, and then the picture of the father there is beautiful right that's the the faithful father is really the story mm. of god where yeah that's exactly no right no matter where you are no matter what you think right i mean imagine the guy's thoughts in the story of the prodigal son like my dad's not going to love me and, and, he, I think and that's what people think though about God. If I break the fellowship, I don't have the relationship. Exactly. And they don't realize that in that same story, the father
1: was at the window every day, like our father, looking out, thinking, When I see my son on the horizon, what he went running. Yeah. We I mean people look over that a lot of times. He went running to the sun. And the mad one was the son who had stayed home and quote was good. He wasn't good. He was self-righteous. Yeah. And so, when you finally, you and I finally realized it. I finally realized I was in probably 30 years old that you can't lose relationship, but you do lose fellowship. Yeah. Now that was up to me. It wasn't up to God. God there every morning, Bobby, will you come and listen to me? Come sit on my lap, son. Tell me what you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I, well. It took yeah. me years of discipline, just like your your wife is a very disciplined athlete. If we all would become as disciplined with taking in God's Word and living it, we would find out what kind of a great father we have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I hear this. I've been doing, you know, a number of episodes since we launched this, and everyone is, is talking about this intimacy with the Lord in His Word, in His presence. And I've had it. I've had it. And I've had seasons without it. And yep. uh, I can speak to the drought, dry yep. seasons of my story. But I
1: explain again to, to prisoners. I said, God is like a fire.
0: We're all born cold. Every baby
1: comes, you've seen your babies come into the world. We come in shivering, you know, fists like this. God's the fire. There's many things, but he's a fire. Mm. You stay close to the fire, guess what? You stay warm. You start back, the day you back away from the fire, he's still the fire, he's still your father. Mm. But the further you get, the colder you get. And you start getting closer, you get warmer. That's how simple it is. Yeah.
0: That's good. Stay close. I like that. Stay picture. close to the fire. I love that. I love it. What's a portion of your story I guess that you would want to share? Okay, here's what I would love to share particularly. Right after I got saved, I got excited. Okay. And yeah, the
1: fire, the passion. I had the fire. I got and that night I actually ran home knowing that when I tell my mother and daddy that I went to the stadium, I might get a spanking. A whipping. <laughs> Thank the Lord I had parents. But I said, I can't hide this. I actually ran, ran all the way from the stadium, which is three blocks, burst in the front door. Mom and dad were sitting watching television, and of course they, they both said, because the last time they saw me, I was in the backyard. I came through the front door. What's wrong with you? I said. Now I talked to my mother because daddy, he was reading the paper all the time. He was just sitting there. Mm. Mama, I got saved. And da- and daddy just dropped <laughs> the already. paper. <laughs> She said, you did what? I said, Mother, I got saved tonight. Oh, no, son. You you got baptized two years ago. Mama, I got baptized two times. I got saved tonight. Wow. And so talk about that distinction. And it, Salvation is all about a one just in a moment of time. I, I it was like um, Stephen Curtis Chapman talked about the song about the, the great the switch. I gave God all my sins, past, present, and future, and He gave me salvation. That's a one-time deal. Diz- it's like a business deal. That's it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. I was saved past, present, and future, and that's the first night I realized it's over. I'm a child of God. I've got to go tell people. A couple weeks later, I go into our church. Now, I've never been, Matt Butler can pick up a stick and play a Concert in two weeks. I couldn't play a radio, but I could just pick out a little bit about, and so I was in the back of the church singing the old rugged cross like Jerry Lee Lewis was singing. Because that ooh. I was a rock and roller. Oh uh, yeah. And so I was singing, you know, On a Hill, Far Away, stood an old rugged cross. Oh, I see it. This lady, my Sunday school teacher, 70-something years old, she burst in there. And there i am she doesn't even know that i just got saved she just went and she says bobby jordan i'm gonna tell your grandmother about you you're sacrilegious that is go to hell music that's devil music and oh. i was going i went what i was kevin i was just expressing my joy about i'm saved yeah. all the creativity that all- god was letting flow out of you she tried to come Man, around and condemn that huh and i had nobody i could turn to that knew anything about the things that I know now about truth. So within about two or three, two years later, I joined a rock and roll band. And oh. from that, from because that, if I said, gonna show her, I'm huh? gonna sing, I'm gonna sing anyway. And if God is that kind of a God, I found out he wasn't, it was it was religion. But thank God, he, God probably went, oh no. But God knew that yeah. what was gonna We got gonna an old lady down. gone rogue. He, yeah. So for 10 to 15 years, I was running from the God of the scriptures that saved me, not knowing that he still loved me, that he was gonna use all this stuff, this 15 years of running. He was putting it all together so you and I could sit here in 2021 and talk about the fact that once I saved you, son, you were mine. Now you didn't choose the right path, but he said, I'm gonna take, and God takes all the lemons that we have in our life and makes lemonade once we just give them
0: all the lemons. Yeah. Go. And so. But it, there, I, I think you hit something really, really important because we, we either turn towards God or we turn away. There's very no, few yeah, there's no gray away. area. Yeah. Turn toward or away. Yeah, and it usually takes in these moments in our lives that help us do one or the other. It's either somebody, it's an yep. experience, or it's, you know, a moment. It could be an event. But for, for you it sounds like that was a turning point away from the Lord, was. which which was sadly we've seen this happen in the church. I mean I spent my whole life in That's church. exactly right. When something happens. You have a, a passion. And then you are met with something that's religious, that's hurtful, it shames you. You feel like you don't belong, you feel like you're not loved, which is all the things that's biblical. It's the it's the character of God. You belong, you are my child, you are you're in my family forever. And then we have somebody, some experience, some moment that just mm. wrecks that. And it, like you, you said it wrecked you for 15 years. But in those 15 years, I look back
1: now, God was allowing me. He didn't make me make these stupid decisions. You're very deceitful, uh, party boy. Uh, I didn't realize that girls really had a soul. I mean, I lived like I didn't. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like all these things. But God said, I'm going to use all of this stuff little did i know in the rock and roll band that we formed eddie middleton was well, i went i actually went and recruited eddie to sing with me because the band had asked me to come sing i said i'm not singing i'm scared i'm not getting in front of people but if i can get a, a, my buddy eddie he's my basketball playing buddy if he can come and we can both try out it, take you either take us both or neither one off. I they well we don't need but one singer. i said look let me go get eddie long story short i went and got middleton he and I came and sang two songs for this band. They said, we'll take you both. Now, Eddie, five years later, became the lead singer for New Song.
0: Wow. So he was, was he saved at that point? Yeah. When you were doing the rock and roll no, band.
1: No, no, no. He was not saved. Okay. He got saved
0: after he got to college.
1: Three of our five band members back in those days, the, in fact, the three Hellions, me and Eddie and Stan Glass, the the, the keyboard man, we're all pastors now. Praise God.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that speaks to someone that's listening that has had some bad experiences yes. with church to not give up, to yep. not throw the towel in, to to not build your estimation of God, what you expect of him. On what people on say about people. him. Yes. Or your experiences, because we're talking about eternity, but we're also talking about don't waste a day.
1: The most miserable person in this world today on, is not an unbeliever. It's not an atheist. The most miserable people are children of God who got saved, that are saved. They are saved eternally, and they're running from their daddy. That person is miserable until he stops. The word repent means just turn to God. It doesn't mean promise God you're not going to ever do it again. That is not in the Scriptures. That's another totally different Greek word. You stop and turn to God and say, Father, I have sinned. And he says... Come and let us talk, and then. But if you don't come, then you go right. You you're the most miserable person.
0: Yeah. And that's who I was. I'd actually say there's another another miserable person. The person that goes to church every Sunday. And judges everybody around them. It's not saved. They're, they're not saved. They might be. They might be saved, but they got a self-righteous well, spirit.
1: Yeah, and they're out of fellowship with their father. Yeah. But the, I'm gonna
0: tell you. That's a a miserable person, too. Yes. I don't disagree with you. I think a person that knows the Lord, that's walking away from their daddy, is sad. That's not in fellowship. they're pursuing other things. They're missing their fellowship. But I'll say this. Another guy would be the story of a person that that shows up every Sunday, serves in everything, and judges everybody that walks into the church. That person can't be happy. And that's who I
1: was running from. And and one of the hardest things I had to do, and I did, is when I finally learned that number one that's not my god that said that that's number two that's a good reminder that's not my god that is not the god of the bible that's that lady was giving me all she had ever been given she had not been given a lot of bible teaching she just gave me judgment that's what her daddy her granddaddy and so when i forgave her i forgave her because hey she was giving me what she thought God was. And I found out later through my own pursuit of God, diligent pursuit of God, that that's not what God is, that's not who He is, forgave her. And thank God though, that did not, that actually made me, you know, stir the fire in me. And as I kind of went on a pursuit, and I finally with that wildfire that I had in me, went through rock and roll and sex parties, rock, I finally, when I finally met my wife, and she led me to a pursuit of the study of God's word, I still had that fire that that lady yeah. had caused back. She didn't take it. Yes, she just delayed and it. Yes, she was doing the best she could. And now that I look back, and I say, I'm glad she did that, because I'm afraid I might be 70 years old when I finally realized what I realized when I was 30 years old. Yeah. And so, it's praise
0: certain, God. Yeah. And, and praise God for your wife. Oh, she's man. beautiful. She's she's amazing. She's sweet. No, it's, it's cool to know that the Lord used her to help you big time. Really come back to the Father and, and restore your relationship with Him. Mm. Um, let's talk about uh, the new song "Winter Jam." I mean, you got to hang out with a lot of pretty cool yeah. Christian musicians. Um, you know, David Crowder, some of the guys on their tour. What what was it like? Who were some of those guys you were you were hanging out with? And then, what was your role? I mean, were you just high fiving guys on Winter Jam, or because I know you were pastor slash encourager? But it sounds like sounds like a pretty well, cool job. And and I see that I see God's hand in all
1: this because I finally the way I even got the the job offer, Eddie Carswell, who's founded Winter Jam, 23, 24 years ago, he knew because he used to come see me playing the rock and roll band. He didn't. Oh, okay. We didn't know each other. He just liked our rock and roll. And he loved to come watch me and Eddie Middleton sing. Okay, then fast forward, then he also found out that I got, um, I was already saved. When I was singing rock yeah. and roll, I was running from God. But then he found out that I got dead serious about the Word of God and began to teach Bible, teaching Bible five days a week at a Christian school, had a 30 year prison ministry. He went, wow, Here's a rock and roll singer. I used to love to come out, hang out with his band. Now he seems to love the Lord. Has been into the prisons for 30 years plus, and he and I w- would slowly get to know each other down at the beach. We started having quiet times together. Oh, Long story cool. short, he, the day that I walked out of the this Christian school that I was teaching at because of religion, I just I had headed up to here with. I said, no more, I'm out of here. And Debbie said, what are you going? What are we going to do? I went, I don't know, but God knows. God told me this will stop today. And so I walked within a week, Eddie will called me up and said, Hey, why don't you come be our tour pastor? And I went, what's a tour pastor? He said, well, just come hang around with us, pray with us, counsel and do Bible studies with us. So I got to do, began doing Bibles, short Bible studies. Um, uh, when we'd go out with new song and then winter jam, every Sunday, we would have jam church. And I got to, about an hour was supposed to only have 20, 30 minutes, but sometimes I would stretch it to an hour. Oh, I bet, but people I like Crowder, it. and and I would just teach Bible like I had been taught, word by word, verse by verse, Greek and Hebrew, uh, only when it was important. But it was real to me. And when I would yeah. talk to these guys, uh, Crowder would come up and just go, "Hey man, you this you you really this is you really believe?" I said,
0: "I I really believe it because it changed my life." Yeah. And so well, because your story was radical, you know, but at that, that point it was rim, the yes. Lord had given back to you the fire that you had as a young boy. Yep. And it was like, all right, I'm older now. I'm having I'm, a party now with go. Jesus. Yeah. And you'd you'd been through the fire, you'd been through some sin. You'd you'd tasted that the world was yeah. rotten and uh, been lifeless. But mm. then the life was back and uh you had really incredible opportunity i mean a lot of these guys that you were doing the pastoring with are just people that you know everyone listening oh, to is buying oh, all the albums they're buying the songs and you're hanging out with them you know they're already on stage in front of millions of people they sold millions of records and uh they're they're coming backstage i like to think about them being with you on their on their winter jam sunday service where uh, you're you're giving them I'm a not, fire. I'm like I, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. You're giving them a fire, but you're also just being so real, you know. And I know it's probably hard for for a lot of those musicians to to open up um, because you know that, hey, you, you everybody's watching right them, and they got to be perfect, quote unquote. But but look, I've been around the Le- block long enough to know nobody's perfect. But you know, did you ever That's find it. it hard to to minister to them to build that relationship, getting them to open up? N- n- what I
1: found it just the opposite. I found it so easy when I finally opened up from the day they introduced me at the first meeting, Winter Jam, we'd all have a meeting with like 150 people. And Eddie would introduce all the, he introduce me and he'd tell them a little bit about me. And he says, Now, when this thing is over, you're going to learn to love Bobby. They don't learn to love me. They, what, I, what I think they saw this Bobby has been to hell and back. Yeah. and he is not going to be shocked by anything I tell him good he's not going to judge me and and through the through every day like what Christy said loving God I love them for who they were and I was quick to tell them my faults and weaknesses and over yeah. two or three weeks we like winter jam would generally last um, we do like 52 10 weeks. to 55 cities so yeah. through the process of those tours, individuals and I will never mention names and I would tell them I didn't even tell my wife some of the stuff but I said the stuff that people came and confessed to me the first thing I did was say I understand I I hear you yeah you're not mad at me mad at you I've thought about doing that or I did that yeah and so I prayerfully would establish a loving relationship so they would just I think the Lord, the
0: Lord knew that some of his greatest stars on the stage would sin, and they needed somebody that could represent embodiment of Jesus here on earth, Who, but you weren't perfect, but you had been resurrected. Exactly. You had come exactly. through the fire. You got saved young, but then as a believer, you had your stage, you had your moment. That's it, Kevin. And you sinned. You nailed it. And you came back in, you know, to, to some of our greatest heroes of our music faith, and you ministered in a gracious, loving way. Oh, man. I mean, it's so cool because... So I know uh, your wife has been through a rough time. You guys have had a rough patch. She went through cancer. Um, you guys are still struggling with that. Is there any way that, you know, people listening can just be aware and be praying or anything yep. maybe you've learned through that And process? I think
1: what I learned through that is God does not always give the, she of all, between she and I, as far as eating, exercise, she's the one that should be healthy. And I should have been the one that got cancer. Uh, If God just kept up the score of your sins, I should have been the cancer person. But God knew what I needed. He knew Debbie was tough enough to go through it. And he allowed her to have third stage aggressive breast cancer. And during that year, I can't even begin to tell you the things that God showed me about myself that I needed to uh, get rid of and to be more of a loving, caring husband. Because I'd never been a bad husband. I was a busy husband. And God just got my attention, like, and I actually went from being so busy doing good things, Kevin coaching, teaching, doing Bible studies. I was, both my daughters said, Daddy, you were always on the the phone to a prisoner who just got out, and we wanted you coming to talk to us, but every night. I I did what I thought was best, which was not the best thing, but this cancer kind of got my priorities shook you, reorganized shook you
0: to your core yeah and change those and priorities
1: she came through that thank god she's doing well now and i now do all the grocery shopping i'd never bought a bottle of ketchup I'd, and i and i do it cuz i love doing it yeah he changed well, me i
0: love i love that that's a part of your story i didn't think about but it as a father it it i see it i appreciate you sharing that because you could I, get caught up in it i don't want i don't want to I know it. I didn't. I either. already see the tendency to because, you know, this work never really ends. I'm Ministry doing good stuff. Ends. Yeah. Doing good stuff. Um, my daughter nicknamed me Mr. You talkie know, Pants at church. You? <laughs> you know, I hear you. It was funny. But then, it, you know, quietly in my mind, I hear like, what she's saying. I hear her. I hear you. So hopefully there's some fathers, you know, or yes. just anyone oh. out there that's just misprioritized life. Don't let, don't wait till something comes that's so tragic like cancer exactly. to, to prioritize. And I'm, I, I will commit to try not to because your testimony, your story is from the Lord to say to other people in their time All before right. it's a crisis. Wow. Yeah. Do it. Get with the Lord. Love your wife. Serve her. Get your conscience clear from all the busyness. Don't be known as the busy dad. Be known as someone who's present. Yep. And if it's hard, well, then work on it. It's
1: right. A, I, I began reading when I began seeking the Lord, and uh, there's a book called uh, The Wisdom Hunter, and it's about okay. a pastor who was. You and I both, and pe- all he, he just got busy into pursuing a ministry. Our family, people. If you're a Christian, your number one ministry is your family. Number one. And if they're not number one, your life is out of order. If your life is out of order, God is not going to bless your life. He loves you. Get your life priorities in order, and he'll begin to bless your family. Yeah.
0: Amen. That's a good word. Not only not bless you, but you're going to miss the joy of oh. it. There's just, it's just life and death, you know? It's yep. both. So you know what? Uh, I've appreciated this conversation. Me too. I love you, brother. Uh, uh, wish we could see each other more than once a year. But we'll, we, will. We, yes, so. we will we're we stuck we're stuck with
1: each other for eternity hey, amen. And, and what I, I would like just like to challenge all you people out here is either you're Kevin or you there's a little bit of Kevin in you or a little bit of look just pursue Christ put yeah. him first Matthew 633 seek first the king and he'll give you the things
0: hey, hey that's my dad's favorite Bible verse said it all the time to me it's the truth well I do know that you write a daily devotional. Yep. Uh, Jesus Cafe. Where can, uh, where can our listeners find the Jesus it's Cafe? A,
1: it's a Jesus Cafe Bobby. Email me, Jesus Cafe Bobby, B O B B Y, at uh, Gmail.com. We'll put you on a daily list, and I write it from the back of a bus, uh, Panama City Beach, here. I, I write it wherever I am, and we. Try to keep it fresh, and we'll send it no charge. The only charge is that read it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, anything you want to leave the audience with? Uh, uh, let me let me give you one of my favorite scriptures that has changed the last ten years of my life. Jesus said in John 13 to his disciples who had there they were with God, in skin, God in skin. Jesus, and Jesus looked out at them that night, just a couple of days before he got crucified, and said. Now that you know these things, you are blessed when you do them. Just obey
0: God. That's a good word. Hey, so as you think about your story, how does this relate? How do you connect? I know certainly I relate to a lot of the things you've gone through, but I'm thinking how do I wrap it? How do I connect it? I'm always looking for that Um, for you as your story matters. Listen, if you're there, Bobby's timing age, maybe it was an age, um, around 12 or 13 but you're just at a place in your life yeah. where someone's wounded you someone in the church has hurt your feelings you've become offensive and you've strayed away from the lord let me just encourage you to go back to god's word to go back to the lord like the prodigal mm. son and pursue the lord find that relationship and then re-establish your fellowship with him
1: i was 40 years old very successful real estate developer doing well had a and all of a sudden God called me into the ministry, the prison ministry. Don't be afraid. To take a totally different diversion for what you think you've yeah. been doing. I jumped and God caught me and
0: gosh, I can't tell y'all how he's blessed me. That's amazing. Hey. So wherever you guys are at, remember as we sign off. Thank you, Bobby. I love you. Love and your you, both. family. You guys remember this. Your story matters more than you know.
1: Mm.